At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ken, Deb, Nick. True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, ye pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your breeks! Pussycat, Pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. So started the Doddleston messages, alleged messages from the past and maybe the future, all sent to a BBC microcomputer in the 1980s was only the size of a, a Buick. Were the messages real or an elaborate hoax? Was a poltergeist to blame? Where was Seabot in the 1500s? We cover all these bases as we traverse the vertical plane this week on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. Can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the blinking box over your heart. I am God Almighty, and I need you to buy my bot booze. What the hell are you doing? Trying to fool your dumb listeners into buying my swill. I mean crap, air, no swill works. Anyway, it worked for me in the 1500s and in the 80s, so why not now? First off, our listeners are not dumb. They're beautiful. They listen to this show so... Stop it! Second, you were not responsible for the Doddleston messages. Hey. Whatever lets you meet Sack sleep at night, you tell yourselves that. Cheese muffins knock me right out. <laughs> CBD cheese muffins. <laughs> Locally sourced hemp. Uh, this is Hysteria 51. We are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, also known as Chicago. A.K.A. the vertical plane. <laughs> We're your hosts and lead time traveling PC experts, of which neither of us are skilled in. I, I'm... I'm <laughs> Throwing that out, I'm speaking for you, David. <laughs> Is that you mean politically correct uh, uh, experts? That's right? exactly right. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we go back in time and we're like, uh, uh, uh. Oh. <laughs> don't don't ye- call people that. Ye too. Ye too. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's buckle up, kids, because uh, that's David Four you far. just heard from. Uh-huh. Hi. <laughs> uh, I'm Brent Hand. Seabot is the dumb creation that is in rare form, so we're skipping him. I'm just happy to be here. And with Conspiracy Bot being the way he is, we're happy to have you here too, buddy. The here this week is all over the place because it is a weird, weird topic. Were you familiar with this one? I've never heard of this before. Really? Yeah. Well, I got an important question then, David. You got $1,000 burning a hole in your pocket or at least up to $1,000 burning a hole in your pocket? Always at every moment. (laughs) Why? Do you tell? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's my business <laughs> because if Stick you do your own son if you do uh, i got a book for you it's oh. a tale of utter nonsense and by utter nonsense i mean it's all true via lies which are facts because as i read this book that's the way my mind went through it <laughs> anyway it's the vertical plane of course it's called a unique supernatural detective story Ooh, rolls right off the tongue yeah yeah and apparently tons of our listeners are sitting on literary gold mines because this has been suggested about 4,736 times, but I'm sure they all have read the book and owned an original copy. <laughs> it's literally, if you want to get an original copy, they are $500 to over a thousand, depending on the, uh, are they bound in the flesh of a 18th century serial? One or would think so. I think it's cause it was, uh, it wasn't a huge, Pressing the first time, pressing. <laughs> it wasn't a huge print run the first time, and it's just kind of caught on as years have gone by. They did just recently. I have a copy of the second uh, run, which you can get for around twelve to fifteen dollars, slightly more affordable. <laughs> it has a different cover though, so it's not quite as Aww. crazy looking. Uh, but you know, as long as that doesn't, uh, kill your, your, your mojo, it's a good way to go. Why don't they make spines more exciting? Like who's going to see the cover if it's on a bookshelf? You know what I mean? Right. Why? I don't know. God, maybe, maybe not a hill I should, uh, you might be onto something here. (laughs) What what do you do for a living? I design spines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. That'd be awesome. David Florida, the literary magnate. What is he, a prolific author? Nah, he designed spines. <laughs> spine specialist. I like when like you got like five or six books in a series and they make like a picture with the spines. Yeah, I I'm love easily that. Easily entertained though, so you know. No, no, that that's great, and it looks great on the shelf. Man. <laughs> I'm twenty first century spine doctor. Yeah. Right. Like, forget propaganda. Well, who spines. can forget? Spines I refuse to it. forget propaganda. I'm also lead singer of the band, The Spine Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, so this this book that uh, you know, you if you have, you don't want to read because you don't want to spend said spine. It covers time travel, technology, poltergeist, BBC microcomputers, tachyons, and faster than light travel, be it for people or messages. And the English language, specifically adjective usage and verb conjugation, uh, arguments by scholars. This bitch is lit. See what I did there? Uh, sadly, yes. L-I-T. <laughs> I got oh, he's it. talking about the, the band. <laughs> lit. Right? Wasn't that the one that, yeah. that everybody had their uh, high school graduation song with? Right. Yeah. We got what he was saying. I'm only sad because he beat me to it. <laughs> anyway. 
it covers uh, similar to like Adventures of John Titor. It's a guy who's uh, supposedly traversing through time. It's not a guy. It's more messages. Uh, and it uses a computer. <laughs> All the stuff you, you laid out there kind of sounds Star Trek-y. Well, and, you know, computer, you know, is a uh, – now if you have an Alexa, you can – set your wake word to computer. So we're all, we're all living oh, on the hilarious. bridge. Of, but of I mean, search. tachyons are all over that. Obviously, you know, there's, mm-hmm. I don't know if warp is faster than light. Maybe it is, but yeah, they um, war- like warp 23 and you know, that. Oh my God, warp 23. They'd all be lizards and screwing yeah, each other. That was the one the, when they <laughs> were, a tin. they went to the yeah. future and they were doing like warp 23 <laughs> or whatever. So it was. Weird. And poltergeist poltergeist is all over the place there. I mean, Beverly Crusher had an affair with one. <laughs> In um, the Poltergeist defense, who didn't Beverly Crusher have an affair with? Yeah, she wasn't as, wasn't as crazy as Deanna Troy, let's say that. <laughs> Ooh. Speaking of John Teeter, do you, you ever cover John Teeter? I did. Brothers? It was one of the first ones I did solo. Oh, really? Man. Yeah, it was a fun one. It is. I like anything where a guy just shows up on a message board and goes, hey, from the Also, future. didn't I do that with you guys? Oh, did you? <laughs> Because I think I got it my John shows. Teeter voice. My it, John oh. Teeter voice. John Probably Teeter. would have That's been right. played by Charlton Heston back in the day. <laughs> I like any uh I like anything where just someone shows up online like, no, no, I'm uh traveling through time. It's real. <laughs> it's, it goes. Well, it what the the funniest thing about the whole thing was that the the guy was like, or the, the, all the research is like, this guy was super libertarian, mm-hmm. but everything he describes about the future and, and, you know, the great future that he's living in coming from is like straight up communism. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh-oh. He's pooting all his eggs in one basket. He really he's robot. Uh-oh. I, uh, I think he's, uh, that's his way of saying we need to move on. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Flora, hit us with the synopsis of the book and the, uh, I'm doing air quotes here that you can't see. That's important. Alleged experience. For a period of two years, Ken Webster, not the dictionary guy, found himself in the extraordinary position of corresponding directly with an individual who had lived on the side of his own cottage four centuries earlier. Brent. Allegedly. Thank you. Brent is the lawyer in this episode. Mr. Depp was not at her home at the time. Sorry. <laughs> at the time of now, people like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Bad defecation yeah. and you. <laughs> at least I'm not just saying I don't recall that over and over. The right. correspondence began with messages left on his home computer on the kitchen table and ended with communication scrawled directly onto paper. I thought it might take a leap to like skin, but no paper. <laughs> Uh, fully prepared for some form of elaborate hoax, Webster found to his consternation that the language of the messages tallied precisely with 16th century English usage. Allegedly. Did a computer really communicate with a 16th century farmer via the year 2109 or a group called 2109 from some other point in time? Joe Pack's not even on the show, and Seabot's placating him, so there you have it. Sorry. (laughs) As you were, sir. So we're going to explore that very claim and see what the experts Mm. say, (laughs) along with what really matters, Brent and my own dumb opinions. That's your dumb opinions and mine 
my cultured facts. You're enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're enlightened waxing. Yeah. Uh, time to sit back, relax, and break out some spotted dick as we tackle the Doddleston messages after this break on Hysteria 51. Boom. I haven't tried spotted dick. I've had blood pudding. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. (laughs) I definitely use it. I I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. (laughs) It's like, what are you trying to do? Do it right. Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. And <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer. So it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, a today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., You know, I don't mind blood pudding. Spotted Dick either. has raisins in it, though, right? Ah, uh, I'm not raisin a raisin hill. Fan. Yeah, it, but blood blood pudding. I I'm so sad that it literally is like congealed blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so tasty. Yeah, I know. It's it's Until such a nice part of the thinking the about full, it. full English. I <laughs> I would trade it for beans, but I was just gonna say. Then I'm thinking about eating raw it. blood. It's not raw blood. Yeah. Screw. Uh, it's it's not raw blood, um, but you know, just the thought that it's blood. 
Sometimes it might be you, worse. I mean, raw blood might be better. <laughs> when, back in the day, someone's like, what am I going to do with all this blood? <laughs> I got an idea. They, you know, yeah, left it in the pan and it fried up. And Baby, you like pudding, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to start here real quick uh, by saying that there is a ton to this story. So much that it is... Easy to get in the weeds with it, to say the So least. much that it's spelled T-O-N-N-E. Yes. <laughs> I spent quite a, uh, a lot of time, actually, whittling down info for an outline and trying to keep it coherent uh, mm-hmm. for this episode. And if you read the book, and then there's companion pieces, and I, I think I went into this one almost wrong because I read the book a little bit ago, and then I watched... Uh, some of the the BBC uh, uh, shows on it, and then I started reading online, and somewhere along the way, my eyes went crossed, and I was like, I got lost. I've been telling you for the last couple of weeks as I've worked on this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just, I don't know. It's a hard one for me. This was a hard one for me to like decide how to whittle it into a, uh, you know, a, a, a graspable, a digestible, thing. A digestible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I failed. <laughs> so feel free to do some digging. On this one afterward, there are so many tangents you can go down. This rabbit hole is deep uh, with theories and people debunking it and people not, you know, saying it's true and trying to find Ken and the real people. And that said, without further ado, here we go. Picture, if you will, England in the year of our Lord, 1984. I love that book. Seabot's really loving Really loving the world these days. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, Donaldson, a small village on the northern northern border of England with Wales. Uh, 700 souls, but maybe more. Maybe some souls kicking around. Uh-huh. Foreshadowing. In this cottage, uh, it, the backdrop of this whole story is kind of this cottage and, and what goes on there. Ken Webster lives in this place with his girlfriend, Debbie Oaks. Who I want to throw out a little, uh, little congrats. She's ten years younger. Go Ken. <laughs> He's uh, uh, living there with him, and then they got their friend Nick. That's N I C. There's no K at the end of it, so you know he's a badass. This guy, he doesn't mind starting some shit in a pub. I'm just what I'm saying. He smoked a lot. It was actually a nickname short for nicotine. <laughs> yeah, nicotine. <laughs> So Nick's an English teacher back from three months in Africa and staying in the, the studio special spare bedroom because they Nick was uh, a musician and so was Ken. And Nick was trying to do some pursuits into like plays and spoken word and music. And he's just one of those guys that's kind of into everything. Mm. Allegedly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at this time, Ken's renovating the home which was old as shit and in need of renovation. It's not like here in America when, uh, so our house was built in 1921. So it's 101 years old. We can get a plaque. It's like, you are been here so long. You get on the registry of old fucking places and they stare at you and they, they go, good job. Shit over there for people that don't realize is hundreds of years old. And that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's just a little bit different. We're just a, a newer well, you know, our country is younger than this house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it. So, uh, renovations on the way and boom, shit gets creepy real quick as sometimes happens in old homes. First sign. This was a weird one to me. Footprints on the wall in the back of the house going up the wall, like a child 
sized footprints. Small, up the wall, six toes on each foot. Because, you know, reasons. Ken did what every one does in a scary movie. He dismissed them as old house stains. You, you know, sometimes you got six-toed kids. They walk up the house. It's been here for a long time. So he paints over them and all the other marks that have showed up on the walls over the time because it's an old house. Yay, I've well underway. I'm doing my shit. Boom. Next day, the marks are back after the paint dried. But this is an important part here, David. They're slightly to the side of where they were, and they had debris in them from the floor. You know, <laughs> old house stains. Fucking disrespectful <laughs> tomfoolery will not be tolerated, no matter what century you are from. Here, here. Who wants an uppity ghost that just doesn't doesn't read your fresh paint signs? Yeah, doesn't conform to to freshly painted walls or the laws of gravity. I don't, an asshole. I don't want to, you know, come off as a scared little prick, but what would you do if you found six-toed prints going up your wall, you paint over it, and the next day they're back in a new place? <laughs> it's not just like, welp. That's tweedly D, right? I mean, come on. Paint over them again and set up a camera. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but this was 1984, so it was a different time then. It's different. <laughs> All right, set up a large camera. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who was it? Who could it possibly be? Was it? Oh, I don't know. There is a definite possibility. <laughs> well, you know, you remember the um, the devil's footprints was down in I think Cornwall. Which yep. uh, is a, kind of a hot skip and a jump from old whales there. Yeah. That was a, what was it, 19th century thing maybe? So maybe it's, maybe it's this a, was like uh, young young Satan getting his uh, wall legs under him. He's just <laughs> he's just branching out. He's doing little little here, little there, trying to figure out what's working for him, what feels mm-hmm. right, what, what's not right. <laughs> well, can our hero slash villain, depending on how you want to look at this book here, he decided to take the David Flora route here, paints mm-hmm. over it again. He's like, ah, <laughs> you know, who cares? <laughs> this time they stay covered. So, hey, good for this. But the idea that something was fucky was well-placed in Ken's head. No one wants something fucky going on in their house. I don't care what side of the pond you're on. That's just <laughs> that's just one of those universal truths. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I don't know, man. Now the place, it's getting redone. It's a little more modern, nicer, less century-old cottage, more just up-to-date 1980s wood paneling as far as the eye can see. You know, real, <laughs> yeah. real nice avocado accoutrement <laughs> in the kitchen. One of those couches with a bunch of flowers on yeah. it. Yeah. Copper pans in the shape of fruit adorn the walls. <laughs> <laughs> linoleum. Everything in the kitchen linoleum. Everything. <laughs> the chairs have rollers underneath them on the linoleum, so the slightest <laughs> movement sends you just hurtling across Whee! the floor. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I'm just describing my parents' home. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. That's, that's what I'm doing, too. Right. Now, we get away from footprints in the wall. Strange things started to intensify in a way that uh, makes you think of, like, the fucking books and Ghostbusters. Shit would be stacked up in the kitchen. When I say things, I mean, like, everything left out would be piled up all crazy, like, several feet high. You know, tables, chairs, books, food, anything in these weird little stacks. Makes you kind of think to me when I was thinking about this too, 
Uh, remember in, it was one of the, it made me think of like paranormal activity where they're like, they'd like turn and there's nothing there and they turn again and then they're stacked everything up in the house. Mm. But this wasn't something that was happening in front of them. They'd come into the house and things are stacked and they're, you know, so of course time to leave. No, we're talking about white people in a horror situation. (laughs) So they just make excuses. This is every bad trope uh, is in this story. The weird stuff always happened as they were gone. So they figured a buddy, maybe a music friend was messing with them (laughs) as you do. You know, those music types, no good beatniks who love to pretend to be poltergeist. Exactly. (laughs) Who hasn't had that experience? David, no good, no good beatniks. What, what are you, a Jewish father in 1960? Seabot. What the hell? You don't know my life. Apparently not. Watch out, Seabot. I smoke ganja. Uh-oh. That's the devil's lettuce. <laughs> Roots in hell. Uh, so they got this shit going on. Friend or not, either way, who wants people in the house? So Ken makes a new routine of checking all the locks and the windows nightly to make sure that they're secure. Because remember, this place is old. It's not exactly the securest of places. Mm. He is trying to work on that. I mean, every time you hear one of these stories, someone's living in the attic. We have a, okay, so there's a guy that works at a bar here that Lisa and I are friends with. His wife, who is on the school board, we were just chatting one night, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm headed out to LA. This is like a couple months ago. I'm like, why? She's like, well, a few years ago, I had someone living in my walls, oh. and they're doing a show on it, and because it, like, you know, the guy was ended up getting caught and everything, they interviewed her, and they're doing a show. It hasn't came out yet. And she just told me the whole story of how that it was haunted, things would disappear, things, food, things are moved, but it was, whoever was doing it was trying to not get caught. Yeah. Holy shit. That's fucking terrifying. Oh, that's yeah. That's scarier than any friggin' ghost. And like. she's, you know, a woman, she's about 95 pounds soaking wet, you know? So it's not like she could even, I, I'm not trying to say she can't protect herself, but it's a little scary. Well, yeah, I'm a little bit more sturdy and you know less likely to uh, to be on the receiving end of something like that. You think, but who knows? Ugh. It is it is creepy. Does anyone know anyone else that's been through that? That's something to let us know because that is, uh, uh. yeah. Speaking of, yeah. we that's just like talked about ur- Santa Claus. Speaking of, it sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> it's like one of those urban legends that is not a legend. It's yeah. actually real. It's happened. It's documented. Uh-huh. The hook was yeah. still in the door <laughs> attached to the guy living there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, like I said, friend or not, you don't want those people in your house, mm-hmm. especially since, so he's working at the school. He's a school teacher and he had been borrowing a new computer from the school. He taught out to learn about how using it and how he could use it for classes and things like that. It was a BBC microcomputer and he was specifically using it for the Edward E-D-W-O-R-D it's a word processing program. You can type into it. You can print uh, stuff like that. Real basic. Very, mm-hmm. very, very basic. And then uh, Debbie and Nick could also use Edward for song and script writing and all those other hobbies and shit that they had. It was kind of a, a really, they're at a, a, a pretty well-off school that had enough that they're like telling the teachers to take them home and learn so they mm-hmm. can teach to the kids. 1984, that's pretty progressive. Sure. Oregon Trail, as far as the eye can see, I'm sure, at all times. <laughs> anyway, 
at this time, so we're talking about how rare they are. They're also super expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, the computers then were more than computers cost now. Um, if you haven't seen one of these, these BBC microcomputers, look them up. They're huge units, as you, <laughs> the Buick reference in the beginning, ugly, uh, as most of them were back then. They had kind of a, a black keyboard with some red keys, and then they had that oh-so delightful beige coloring on the outside, mm-hmm. black screen with the green cursor, that kind of stuff. Like a giant briefcase. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or anchor, maybe. <laughs> yeah, dragging it on a chain. And these computers of that time needed everything saved on an internal disk, or it would be lost forever. No internal storage, just 160 kilobytes of disk storage, 32 kilobytes of RAM, and a two megahertz CPU. Stop! I can only get so hard. <laughs> I will say this: for that time, that was awesome. Not him uh, masturbating to computers, but for that that technology. And the school was teaching kids to use computers in 1984, so we're banging on all cylinders. Anyway, one night, the story goes in the book that the three go out to see their friend David at his pad, oh. uh, where he was crying a lot and nursing on a bottle. Now, <laughs> um, well, you're, you were a- you, you I were, was only two. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there you go. But I was fully grown, and the bottle was bourbon. And your, your mustache hadn't curled yet, but it was fully there. <laughs> right. <laughs> They didn't do it on purpose, they said, but they accidentally left the PC on. And when they returned, not only was the PC still on, someone had used it. Ken went to check on some of Nick's work, actually, because he was like, oh, Nick, maybe been typing when we were home earlier, blah, blah, blah. And he pulled up the disk contents menu. That's how you can see what's on there. And he saw a file uh, named KDN. He's like, oh, what's that? Click, click, click. And that's where we get that initial message. The <laughs> Ken, Deb, Nick, sure nightmares of a person that fears. Save for the bodies of the silent world. Turn pretty flowers. Turn towards the sun. For you shall grow and sow. But the flowers reach to eye and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must be lost for this shall be your redeemer. But it's written in crazy extra E's and U's and O's. Because <laughs> it's like an old English uh, type. And and lots of uh, rolled R's, I believe, right? That's how they. Oh, that's them. right. Yeah, it's obviously old English, where they rolled R's before they learned how to roll O's. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just true. You can keep that with you. That's just the you're you're learning something. Clip and save. <laughs> uh, this what's crazy is this. I I think one of the Beatles was just living in their walls at the time. <laughs> this sounds like a friggin' uh, Pussy uh, I am the walrus. <laughs> Went to London. <laughs> he wear all suits and he come grooving up sidewalks. <laughs> Someone on Facebook was written. Get was like, your bricks out. He's got Coca Cola, and they said, and the the sketch writer was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like it was like telling the the police sketch artist. Right. Anyway, save bodies of the silent world. <laughs> Pussycat. I say, okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> Boom. We have the first of what would become known as, in the paranormal community, the Doddleston Messages, which is why he named the book The Vertical Plane. <laughs> yeah. A few days later, a second message came through, though, just as mysterious. But this time, written um, in an even more archaic version, a little because there's more of it. Uh, in British English. Go ahead if you want to tackle this one, sir. 
I write on behalf of many what strange words you speak. You are a worthy good man who has a fanciful woman, and you live in my house who dwell in my home. With lights which the devil makes. <laughs> it was a great crime to have stolen and bribed my house. LW. So not only is their messages now these like, you know, pointed uh, saying things are going on and making claims. Fast forward two months. How did he know my woman was fanciful? <laughs> right. Well, he's going to know a lot about his woman if this story is true. Fast right. forward two months. Ken, Nick, and Debbie return from a drive, as you do, to find a new mysterious computer file. So they're just leaving this computer on well, at this point uh, in time, they, 24-7. They thought that uh, maybe that they could recreate it by leaving it on, so they left it on on purpose quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> and in the beginning, like this, time would go by, it was sporadic. This one was called R-E-A-T-E, almost like create, with this, because it was on the C drive or whatever. So anyway, give this one a, a, a spin. What strange words thou speak? Although I must confess that I have also been ill-schooled, sometimes methinks alterations are somewhat bareful, for they break many a sleeps in mine bed. I have seen many alterations, lastly charge the house and thy home, Tis a fitting place with light switch devil maketh. To which I'm sure they read that and said, oh, what the fuck? Because, <laughs> uh, man, I know it's the same language, but it's on another level. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> what the hell, dude? <laughs> the devil's the devil's making our lights? What? What? So he's talking about the computer is what they're saying. The, the devil box. This The lights over his hearth because... For whatever reason, as we're going to find out, the gentleman that they're speaking to is from the past is speaking to them through the computer as well. Or he said the lights were above his hearth. And I think that that when he spoke, they written, it was rated, written out. It wasn't like he's sitting there and it has a computer. How is he going to fucking plug it in? Um, <laughs> but it was like floating, like the, the cursor and everything is like floating above his hearth. And he talks to it and it writes it out. Anyway. Uh, who hasn't Text been to speech? <laughs> that's, it's, that's why it's all spelled weird. It's, it's just text. Siri! Edward wasn't that uh, pop uh, that uh, powerful at the time. Nick points, P-O-Y-N-T-Z. He holds a master's degree in early modern history from Birkbeck University in London. And this guy's uh, <laughs> kind of famous for this because he's run a blog since 2011 on the messages. Here's a uh, quote. He says, Lucas's messages, Lucas, we're going to learn is the original name, are written in archaic English with old-fashioned spellings and vocabulary and dialect from the time and region. That, we're going to find out, might not be true. Mm. Ken, uh, Ken decides to try and figure out this shit. So he brought the messages to a guy he works with, his colleague is Peter Trinder, a teacher <laughs> of medieval literature. Mr. Trender, uh, everyone needs a medieval lit friend. I right. I scream into the bonus abyss. if they're a Peter Trender too. <laughs> <laughs> Follow my Insta. 
<laughs> I'm Peter Trending. <laughs> he, he said he, he brought him the paper, but when he found out his name, all he could do is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, according to... According to the vertical plane, <laughs> Peter, out. Peter was convinced that it was written in Old English. C-Bot loves Old English. Old English 800, that is. Oh, man. I just, speaking of throwing up in my mouth, do you remember drinking 40s of Old English back in the day? <laughs> or were you or were you better than that? It's a, it's like a 40. It's like a dollar twenty nine for a 40 of Old English. Malt liquor? Hell uh, yeah. No, I... I I never went that route. Um, Your parents loved you? Is that what you're getting at? Well, you think you're better than me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway. Yeah, they only had had the premium shit, you know, old Milwaukee's best. Milwaukee's beast. Bring out your beast. Uh, The devil lights part. We were just talking about that. They figured that what I said was meant to be the computer is described by someone uh, he was saying with no concept of communication or technology. Think of like flying saucer. That was just someone talking about how it skipped. They actually didn't say it looked like a flying saucer. Right. Um, evil box with lights that blinks and steals, you know, stuff from history. Now, I want to say something. We've, we've read you a couple of these. There's, there are tons. We're not going to go into every message. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to subject people to that anymore. We're going to go into every <laughs> message twice. So sit back. <laughs> this is the first 19 hour episode. Anyway, uh, <laughs> As time went on, the messages kept appearing on the computer. So we got this 18-month span. Messages continued to appear on the computer. And, as we said, Ken Webster was determined to figure out who or what was behind them. He's on the fucking pads today. (laughs) He's with (laughs) it. Uh, So he asked the person, ghost or presence, uh, whatever it is, because at this time they're not sure. A series of questions about where and when he was from. He asked what college he went to and who was the reigning king at the time, how the Dodgers were doing. You know, normal shit you'd ask someone. (laughs) The center revealed that his name was that aforementioned Lucas, and he said he lived in the same cottage as all the three of them, but in the year 1521. So that's fun. Uh, Everyone needs a pen pal. (laughs) (laughs) But time pals are a little bit different. Time pal. Now, here's an important part. 1521 is several hundred years too late to be speaking what's thought of as old English. But let's not split Hmm. hairs here. But, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind. So, supposedly, supposedly, (laughs) Lucas initially believed that Ken, Nick, and Debbie were demons or ghosts, as you do when lights are blinking over your hearth, if that's to be uh, believed, citing paranormal activity that occurred in his home, similar to what the roommates were experiencing in 1984 and 85. It seems like what they thought were poltergeists were somehow, not only were these messages getting through, but the things they were doing in their everyday life was affecting the other person. Like maybe that stacking stuff was just, they were moving through the space and it was moving stuff. That's what I really enjoyed about the movie, The Others. Yeah. I thought that was a fun take mm -hmm. on it and and really cool. I never really fully grasped that part of the story. Um, Each party thought that the other was a ghost. We're going to have more on that. I, I, it didn't really describe it that well for me, or uh, it, it was hard to decide. It felt like, 
we're getting messages and there's ghosts and there's this and there's that. And why does this have six toes? And is it a demon? And you know, we'll get into more and more and more, but it was, there was just a lot, um, like throw everything up on the wall and see what sticks. It's probably going to be baby footprints. But other than that, (laughs) uh, the guy who runs that bog points, he describes an exchange that answers some questions. Um, he actually was interviewed by the website, how stuff works. Many more were left in the wake of Lucas's Lucas's cryptic reply, but he's here's a quote anyway from points. Lucas is suspicious about Ken and Debbie's motives. He deliberately lays traps for them to see if they're really from the future. That's what Ken uh, told them Uh, in his time. There was no Jesus college in Oxford, which is where he said he went to school. It was founded in 1571. So he thinks that anyone from the future would know he has given from what is his perspective, obviously false information. His real name eventually emerges. Lucas was just a pen name or a pseudonym he was using just in case it was the devil to throw off the scent. Uh, his real name is Thomas Harden or Howarden. Uh, someone <laughs> uh, depending because there was multiple spellings of the name at the time. Yeah. Hey warden. He just hey, warden. watched over the, the fields when Hey you know. warden. Hey warden. <laughs> Someone of this name did exist and was vicar of a church in Gloucestershire in the 1550s. So there was really I like the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tangy. Uh, there was a Thomas Harden. Worcestershire. And Sorry. not Lucas. And But the information that Lucas sent was wrong. Now, either he did that testing them or they had a sent message that they brought in to other people and they found that the information was wrong. So this is a way to uh, correct that mistake. Oh, he was testing us. Can, can you do it again for me? Can you run it back real quick? Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they ask him information. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm from this town and I went to this college and uh, this guy's oh, oh, okay. king. And- Time out for a second. I, I'm, the uh, Ken and Debbie and them. Yeah, they are able to talk to him. Is they send messages, and then he will eventually respond with a message. So they type them out. He yep. reads them, and yep. then he's he he right? types them Is out, that... and they get those okay. later on. So he wow. they're like, "Hey, where are you? What you you know? What's your sign? What you up to? Yeah, and what's your sign? What's up, bitch?" And he's like, "What are these words?" So what, what happens? Do you mean, is, what is up? The sky is up, friends. Yeah. I don't know. Like, That's ye old sky. Uh, thank you very much. So S K Y E. Two Y's and two E's. Sorry. So they get a response from him. They take it in, and someone's like, "This is all wrong. None of this is true." So they go back, and he's like, "Ha ha I was testing you. That that's what they said." Oh wow. So some people that poke holes in this say that they had done poor research. Had said that he said those things oh and then found out it wasn't weird. true, and then used this as a I was just testing you kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oldest trick in the book. Mm-hmm. Either way, Lucas or Thomas Harden, um, and depending on who you talk, they kind of interchange the names quite a bit. So we'll call him LT hmm. or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> Lucas Thomas. Anyway, the messages continued and it became clear that old Tommy. LT Tommy boy could see and hear some of the goings on in the meadow cottage, meaning they were having some experiences, but every once in a while he's seeing them. Yeah. As in, he would comment on photos left around the computer by, by Webster. Like, so he drove a Jaguar, a Jaguar car. Jaguar. And, uh, Lucas, Thomas, Thomas, whatever you want to call mentioned later in the message 
I have found your picture of the cart, but his crude thing for without a horse, it won't go far. <laughs> so yeah, back and forth messages, both uh, having poltergeist-like experiences still in the house. They think something's amiss. But like I said, they take Thomas, uh, he makes claims that raise some questions. Um, when he is told that Ken and the crew are from 1984, he starts to question because he replies, I thought you were also from 2109, like your friend who brought the box of gray lights, meaning someone brought him the blinking thing over his hearth, the devil box. A friend from 2109 is in the year? Ken thought to himself, <laughs> I guess. See, a box of lights he figured is the computer, but Webster wrote in the vertical plane, here's a quote from the book, even if Lucas or Thomas was sometimes hard to follow, this section was impossible to mis- misinterpret. He must be hallucinating. <laughs> That's, Jeez. yeah. So what do you do? Well, you write to 2109, of course, yourself, just to be like, hey, what's going on? And guess what? They wrote back. They responded. Why don't you tell us what they said? Well, <laughs> basically they said, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God, whatever he is is <laughs> question mark in brackets. Yeah. Everyone says 2109 is the year like 1984 or, or whatever, but it's written in the third person. All of them are written in the per- third person, almost like it's a group. Like we 2109, uh, you know, they never say like here in 2909 or something mm-hmm. like that. That's why they, they, they spoke at it about like it was the year, but I never, it was another hard for me to grasp thing because this is just all over the place. This whole book. Anyhow. It's Cicada 3301. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow weird. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 2109 then starts leaving messages for Ken and Debbie claiming that they are involved in an experiment or similar project with a higher purpose. Uh, going back to that blog from points in his talks, he says 2109 communicates in a very different tone and language using scientific terms, but also giving little detail away about their agenda other than uh, the annoyance at Ken and Debbie. When, for example, they find out Lucas's real name and, and 2109 worries that this will disrupt their plans. Meaning they were never supposed to know that his name was Thomas Harden. Why? Reasons, uh, <laughs> reasons that they wouldn't tell them. 2109 told Ken and the gang that they lived in a, Tachyon universe. Remember that back from the beginning, uh, paging, paging captain, uh, <laughs> whoever, and captain Picard. <laughs> yeah, made it sound like people of our time could not grasp what they are. So best not to ask David, mm. you, you, you kind of went in, in the beginning. What the hell is a tachyon? Well, dumb, dumb, uh, a tachyon <laughs> is a particle that travels faster than light and allows instant communication. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I feel so dumb for asking now. <laughs> you should. There's dumb questions and dumb people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've got the trifecta. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you've got both things in that trifecta. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
here's here's the uh, here's the the catch to them. They're hypothetical. I, I mentioned Star Trek, right? It, yeah. it, these are like plot devices and stories or theoretical physics that could be used to send signals into one's own past. Or you can, you know, mess with them and, and cause a, a disruption in the space-time continuum that you then have to fix by flooding the fucking containment field with tachyon particles or whatever. <laughs> right. So Einstein actually presented a thought experiment in 1907 of how faster-than-light signals can lead to a paradox of causality, which was described by Einstein and Arnold Summerfield in 1910 as a means, quote-unquote, to telegraph into the past. Spot on with this book. Literally, um, they took yeah. that and ran with it, this telegraph I, it, to the past. And and I think from their research, it was like, you know, this is this might be where you get the idea of times a, a straight arrow, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's But... Y- you can't go into the future. You can only go into the past. Yeah. There's something, uh, I forget what they said about that, but it's like, if, if we can manipulate time, it would only be to go to the past. We couldn't do it to go to the future. Something like that. Um, but anyways, this, this thought experiment was mm-hmm. described by Richard Chase Tolman in 1917. And thusly it is known as Tolman's paradox. Mm. Uh, so in fact, a, a device capable of telegraphing into the past was later also called a tachyonic anti-telephone by Gregory Binford. <laughs> I love that not only is this a hypothetical thing, some dude was like, well, if it's ever made, I've already named it. <laughs> <laughs> tachyonic nice. anti-telephone. Talk yeah, about I mean, spot on, though, for sending messages to a BBC micro in 1984. You just go, well, you're it's out of your science, but you'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> fair enough right like we're we're doing some real nasty stuff with physics these days we're getting into uh quantum computing and mm-hmm. uh teleportation they've teleported things yep. like yep. it's small small it's small but it's real right yeah. this this might explain um communication from the future to the past but, you know, like I was saying, from what I understand, it doesn't go the other way. Yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't be able to, to talk like a telephone. Well, right. It's beyond us, and they can't tell us because then, you know, it'll then ruin their experiment. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell um, you because reasons that uh, – blah, 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 Space-time <laughs> continuum and yada, yada Biff Tannen and yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> Prime so. directive. Doot, doot. Yeah. Mean, it was just one short year later that um, all the stuff went down in Hill Valley, so <laughs> – I mean, <laughs> this is this was the rumblings before uh, Doc Brown save the uh, BBC micro. Save the BBC micro. <laughs> <laughs> One year ago, lightning hit this BBC micro, <laughs> and they started getting messages from the future and oh, past. Wow, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> There's that word again. There it is. I think that signals it. It's time to call in the experts. Specifically, the Society for Psychical Research. That's a fucking name. Psychical. Anyway, they're a paranormal investigation agency in the United Kingdom that's been around for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And uh, they were, um, you've probably heard of about them. You know, I, I would be surprised if we haven't talked about them in this actually show before. They came to investigate Ken's claims three times, but found no evidence of spirit activity within the home. Their investigations are lacking, to say the least. 
and to find info on them outside of claims of Ken is hard pressed at best because they didn't, they didn't even write notes on it. They didn't do a write up on it. So this is not much other than people came, found nothing and left without even writing in an official report because they sat there, they wanted to get info or they, they wanted to get, to be there when messages Stuff came happened. and it never happened. Yeah. They went on to try to say, um, you know, they said they're supposed to, they weren't interested in the tra- the travails of the, the Luke Thomas Harden, uh, which was the only thing that mattered to Ken and Debbie. They didn't care about that. They were wanting more of the, the poltergeist stuff. And when the <laughs> SPR failed to explain away the computer mystery, they left in a huff. They were just like, wow. And they said things like, ah, it's a message is over like your ground, your earth ground. <laughs> like somehow they didn't even think about like, you know, a modem or anything like that. They were just like, someone's messing with you. They're sending it through the earth ground. <laughs> and this was actually, they said, much to the glee of 2109, who suspected some of the people they'd brought in. They told them we're working for MI5 or six or whatever sounds better for the story. <laughs> One of the MI5 units. Anyway, like I said, they made sound, they made claims of maybe someone was using earth ground to send messages and treated it like a hoax. The earth ground thing was BS. There was no science behind that. It was just uh, well, we haven't seen it, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. That was the, the extent of the, the in-person kind of serious people came in. Nothing happened. They couldn't prove anything or disprove anything. Speaking of evidence, though, Thomas said that he was writing the story of the events from his perspective and that he would leave the book where it could be discovered in the future. Didn't say, like, right here in this spot specifically because, mm. they, they, well, if they did, they'd have definitive proof that this was really happening. It's a hell of a guy. Unfortunately, <laughs> the book's never been found. 2109 later says that the book will be found at some point. Uh, but they don't say when or where, which, you know, that's fun to this day. Uh, now, uh, as we're saying this, no book has been found, but man, if that was, that'd be a pretty badass as far as evidence goes that something was really mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And a hundred years from now, Tachyon and this stuff that we're kind of like hawing at could be everyday things. And, uh, as we've moved into a type one civilization, Maybe it's not a uh, sci-fi thing because who knows? But as of right now, it all sounds like a bunch of bullocks to me. Right now, it's uh, as far away as you want it to be because yeah, there's no way capitalism is going to take us down that path, <laughs> especially how to control capitalism. So it is sexy time because what story doesn't need a little sex appeal? I'll tell you right now. I'm- Nestling in for a good sexy time. <laughs> I should add, uh, unless uh, they can figure out that tachyons can make them a lot of money, and then we'll be all for it. <laughs> money. Money, money, money. Da- the, maybe it's TARPA. Maybe it's the Tarp. Tachyon Advanced Research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Not deterred. Ken and Debbie continue to talk to Lucas or Thomas or whatever you want to call it by computer. <laughs> And Debbie said she often then started having strangely vivid dreams in which she visited their friend in his or their home. And guess what? Old Tommy was in love with her. She's fanciful. He also claimed that uh, she dreamed about him. He experienced these visitations because they were really happening. And he made passes at her. And she was, they actually acted, acted them out in this uh, one British show. And she's like, oh, I can't. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> they tried to like hold her hand or some shit like that. Anyway, <laughs> he wanted to, he wanted to plow that, uh, 
that field, that and field. Uh, she said, a nay. I see his thigh ankles. <laughs> <laughs> In the end, while they were talking, uh, Lucas Thomas had to leave Meadow College. There's a lot of this story that I didn't get into because he actually was supposedly, they found out that he was he was using this box, and they were going to put him to death. And then someone was like, oh, well, um, if you can let me, Ken looked up information on like the jailer and found out that he was corrupt and was like, oh. Tell him that I said this and that, and if you let you go, we won't re- report it, and then he gets let go, and there's this whole diatribe of, you know, because when you have a blinking devil box in your house in the 1500s, the, the townspeople are going to find out about it kind of thing. So supposedly they did. In the end, he ends up leaving Meadow Cottage. This is Lucas or Thomas. And he wrote that he planned to return to Oxford, and he would write down his adventures, that book we were talking about, conceal the book somewhere in... Brasenose College, B-R-A-S-E-N-O-S-E, I'm probably saying that wrong, and hope that the future people would find it. And for this part, Ken Webster promised to write his version and publish it, which he did in the vertical plane. So they're all, they make a book pact. (laughs) And like we said, it's never been found. And after Thomas's departure, Ken and Debbie said that they refused to have any more to do with the tachyons in 2109 because God damn it. They got standards and they're not going to be a part of their experiment anymore. Mm -hmm. So much so that they returned the BBC microcomputer and got on with their lives. Now this wasn't the only BBC microcomputer. They would return it and get different ones. The same thing happened on each one. It wasn't like one magic one. It was just whichever one was in their house. Yeah. If you go to the show notes, there are links to an interview from 1996 for an episode of the British show out of this world. That's the one I was talking about that acts it out. It's a very abridged version uh, kind of like this one. It tells a lot of different information. I, I took more from the book than I did from that, but it does a good job of telling you the story. Interestingly, though, so this was 84. The The show came out in 96. They refused to show their faces, Ken and Debbie. Nick wasn't a part of it. In fact, Nick was never mentioned, really. And even they removed his name from the the, the transmissions and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, they said they'd moved on and insisted that what happened happened whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> that is a very, very, very abridged version. We're going to go to break. When we come back, let's try to poke holes or find there are no holes in the story. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. That's coming up after the break on Hysteria 51. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah. 
hey, look, we're over this. If you want to believe it, great. If you don't, great. It happened. I don't give a shit. Buy my book. Buy my book. (laughs) Fuck you. Let's at least take a, a glance at this. Some of the things happened. Group came in to investigate, found nothing. But they sucked. They did kind of suck. They didn't exactly do a great scientific search. They didn't even make a official report on the whole thing. Yeah. That kind of sucks. You know, you can reach out and try to talk to the people uh, as Redditors Redditors have done and others. And it's futile at best. A couple of the people that were involved in with the uh, psychical group refused to speak about it anymore. All of this was done while they were gone. These messages, the feet, the poltergeist activity, at least all but Debbie were gone. That leaves, in my mind, I'm going to take us down a little bit of a road here, three possible explanations to me. One, it's all real. That's just how it happened. They came out and they ended up writing a book and, you know, us scoffers be damned if there are any out there. Mm -hmm. Two. It was staged and maybe even one of the house people was not in on it. So they used the guise of it was, it was done while they were away. I don't know. Like I said before, Debbie found things, had visions, or was the only one home a lot when things happened. Was she unlucky? Was she making up a story or was she just reporting the truth? Or was and she it, on something? <laughs> mm-hmm. Number three, it happened as a prank on them while they're away. Some third party did it with access our motive. And then as you're stressed out, these things are happening. She's having visions that happens to people. You get stressed out. You start dreaming about it. She says she's having dreams and Ken's like, not or not Ken, but Lucas slash Thomas is like, Oh no, you're really here, baby. And I'm, uh, I'm gonna take care of that ace for you. I don't know. Another thing when you go into it, people are like, Oh, well, Ken wrote the book. He was, he was cashing in. Well, the book did come out years later after media hype had died. That means he's either kind of dumb. <laughs> he didn't do it when uh, the strike when the iron was hot. Or maybe it was like an afterthought to drum up more attention. Or maybe it's just real and he just wanted to get the information out there like he had promised his pen pal from the 1500s. What about the language, though? We, we brought that up and we Mr. Trinder. Uh, Trindle, Trindle, what the hell is his name? Peter Trinder. Peter Trinder, thank you. <laughs> Ken uh, brought the messages to him, and he claimed to have validated the language. Uh, he examined the words, but what about the rest of the language? So he is the one guy that has been very vocal. He was in the Out of This World interview, or the, the reenactments, and they interviewed him, and he's went online and talked about how he did it. Well, the one great thing about the Out of This World interview is they did a deep dive into the actual language because that's what they said was the the tipper. This was real, you know, it was real, and this is how they talked. And um, in it, they kept showing, like, Peter would take it and come back and be like, it checks out, all of it. By God, it checks out, you know, that kind of stuff. So they interviewed Dr. Laura Wright from Cambridge University about this exact thing. And here's an excerpt from the interview I want to play real quick of them talking to her. Looking at the verb structure, there are things which Lucas says that would not have been said in 1546. It's true that individuals can make up individual words, but we don't make up our verbs. It's possible, or it was possible in England in 1546 to say, I do. Thou dost, he, she, or it doth, he, she, or it does. But it wasn't possible to say, I doth, 
or he, she, or it, dust. Now, all the way through um, Lucas's messages, he mixes and messes up these suffixes with the wrong subject. Do you think it's some kind of hoax or forgery? Well, it's certainly, uh, if, if it's meant to look like early modern English writing, it doesn't even look close. So do you think it's a sophisticated hoax by somebody who has a background in modern English? No, if somebody had a background in early modern English writing, they would do a, they would, their hoax would look a lot better than this. Shots fired. They would get their Shots verbal fire. inflections correct. They wouldn't choose vocabulary that came from a period long before the period that this is supposed to have been written in. Um, they'd do it a lot better. To which Peter Trindle was like, fight me, bitch. <laughs> oh, Yikes. Talk about shitting on it. Amen, man. She took a real shit. They they came to then Ken and and Debbie and they played that for them and I want to play that too, what Ken said uh, in response to that. Well, you, in a way, in many ways, you'd expect this sort of reaction. I don't think I suppose there's an academic in the land who would say this is real. Not anybody wants to keep their position. The oh well, it's real, but they just have to say that they you know because uh, yeah, objection to that, uh, Your Honor. That he he is talking about the whole ordeal when he's speaking to that. He's not speaking to what she said about the language. Part yeah, this it. is a provable thing. Yeah, you can look this up if you have someone a little bit more astute, I guess, than Peter Trindle. <laughs> I just, I just love that. I just love that fucking name. <laughs> Peter Trinder. I keep putting an L in there. Trinder. Trindlebed. <laughs> My Trindlebed. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this whole behemoth of a story? shit. <laughs> it's like the Can we at least call it ye old bullshit? Thank you very much. Oh, I yeah, I had two T's and an E on it if you didn't know. But that's good. The surefirest way and look, I just made up a um an adjective of my own there, uh Laura Dr. Laura Wright. (laughs) (laughs) But the most certain way to nail somebody's ass to the pavement on one of these things is to look for anachronisms. When they say that something came from another time but it's saying, you're like, yo, what's up, baby? They didn't talk like that. And in the future, people won't talk like we talk now. So look for these little uh, nuggets of anachronisms that are in especially writings or audio or whatever you want. You know, if you've got that going, then that's what you're going to look for. I'm kind of surprised we didn't talk about that with the uh, the one dude who was uh, – uh, had the channeled Greek mistress back in, you know, ancient. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, you know, that turned out to be completely stupid because it was like saying, where's the cheese, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like for one thing, if it makes sense, okay, then look for the anachronisms. Are, are there ways of uh, speaking and uh, contractions, you know, are a lot of times at fault with this kind of stuff. A lot of people don't know how to use the, thou, thy, thine, you know, in in speaking. So they try to put it in a modern context. And in that's this podcast, where it all falls uh, I don't know how to use it. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, why would you? You know, it's, it's hundreds of years uh, removed from when they actually did it. Um, but when you get like what she was saying, I dust, you know, or, or um, if, if you had even – let's say like medieval peasant rednecks, you know, who might speak 
poorer English than um, mm-hmm. you would get in writings. But they even, even have those dialects. Those dialects like are, are those dialects are recorded. For yeah, most yeah, of yeah. Them. You know, yeah. so we can look at those and go like, oh, well, that's real or not. There's real examples or. of of stuff. You know, Chaucer uh, is a good resource for how a lot of that uh, uh, went. But and and when you can when you can find someone who knows what they're talking about and they're like, look, man, this sounds like old English, but it's not constructed in old. It's like paper mache old English, yeah. you know, like this isn't uh, poured with good foundations and there's not <laughs> rebar in, in the, in the syntax. Yeah. This is literally like someone folded a piece of paper and, you know, pissed on it to make it look old. On top of that, too, we look at the pack that when they got one of the things from him and they brought it forward and Peter Trinder was looking at it and other people were looking at it and they're like, well, that this college wasn't even open then and open. But mm-hmm. so then supposedly they went back to me. He's like, ah, ha, ha, I was testing you. Yeah. Uh, right. It makes you wonder if they got caught up and they, they'd done some wrong research and then just used that. I don't know. That was a weird one to me. Mm. <laughs> and then they're like, I or, or just thought nobody doing... would check on it. Right. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. There's an easy, easy answer to this. Until a 16th century book from Thomas slash Lucas is found, I have to chalk it up to a hoax. 2109 says it's going to be found. It's going to be, you know, one day and it's all going to be real. Uh, Until that happens and they they can carbon date that book, uh, this gets a big from me. Um, And it could even be that Ken or Debbie wasn't even in on it. If they got taken for a ride, I I, I find that hard to believe. Um, but you know what? I don't uh, I don't put a lot of faith in this. Um, the the more messages there are, the less likely it is that someone's sneaking in and doing it. Yeah, and there are because, a lot of them. Yeah, there there are the potential to get caught grows every time. Um, and so that like to me that points to maybe one of them. Um, let's say uh, Ken's the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Could be his idea and for Ken a book. and Nick were both teachers, actually. Yeah, and and you know he he could be trying to drum up fervor for a, a book he 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 writes, which he then did. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it could be kind of an augmented reality marketing type of thing, like they did with it, where they had you know clowns running around everywhere before the movie came out or whatever. And like, it, it could have just been a marketing ploy. What's funny about it is how uh, surly people get in, in this, like, Oh, you don't believe me? Well, fuck you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I guess that would be how you would act if you're lying and you know, you're lying and you need to lie. And you know, people are calling you out on it, but lying is the only thing that's going to get your book sold. <laughs> right. I don't know. Or maybe if it is true, you feel the same way because you're just like, well, I'm being shit on by everyone who just doesn't understand. <laughs> Could be. Who knows? I mean, you know, like it's, I think it's very true that there's, there's no money in the paranormal. Like mm-hmm. y- you don't get, you you get famous, but money doesn't usually come with that. Uh, and if it does, it's it's in the form of you know a, an interview fee or or maybe a book deal. But that money dries up real quick, right? Right. So it's it's not really a viable career uh, to do it. And you know everybody says it, it's it's kind of dumb to say they're in it for the money, but maybe he thought it was a way to to get some money. And you know if he. 
if he made if he made these books and sold some of them, maybe he did get a little bit from it. Yeah. So it could have accomplished what he wanted. He sure isn't getting the big bucks that they pull now. So that's you know. <laughs> Is he still alive? I guess so. They've they've got they're in the wind. You know they're. I didn't really look into it but much. They don't do interviews. They don't talk. They wouldn't even show their face. Sure. They'll they'll comment on this and be like, uh, "Why why didn't why didn't you jags go uh, <laughs> in yourselves?" <laughs> oh man, yeah. I remember there was a um, uh, there was a, a an episode we did a while back. Uh, it's been a couple of years. I can't even remember who it was. And anyway, it was another show, like a, a YouTube channel. It was like they brought this information to me, and it needs to be released. And I remember we had covered it, and. Uh, I said in the show, and I said it about us too, if you have something important to release, don't bring it to some random YouTube channel. Don't bring it to some random podcast like Hysteria 51. You know, send it to the news, send it to whatever, you know, because we don't matter in the grand scheme, talking about, you know, you know who people are. And they, the person reached out like, how dare you? How, the only person who, who had this information was the YouTube channel that swore that they had gotten it from the real people. And I was just like, why would the real person send it to you? And they reached out and they're like, how dare you? And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I expected. Lies. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just easy to go down that road. But that's our thoughts. And they don't really fucking matter. Let's hear what you guys think. Tell us by hopping on Facebook and going to the little search bar at the top and search Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook discussion page. We can also discuss it on Reddit. It's got its own subreddit. You can go on there and talk about it. Uh, if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That's our regular page. And for right now, you can still listen to the show on there. I think Facebook might be getting rid of podcasts. They added it over a year ago and they've done jack and crap with it. So, and they on haven't, Facebook? yeah, they haven't done anything since. So I, I don't know that they're going to Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can find blurry hysterias every week. There's lots of mad blurry hysterias. We will be doing those when Chris is available up all nights and cafeteria 51s and all sorts of fun stuff. Plus radio dramas and pictures of the week and all sorts of nonsense. No porn pics. Okay, I'm, I'm saying that more to you than the listeners because the ones you keep sending me, I can't post. Well, I don't want to post. Yeah, it, it could, would, or should, I guess. <laughs> Voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. Or, or just go to our website, hysteria51.com, and you can find all this information. And you can click on the microphone on the bottom right and leave us a, a voicemail that way. Super simple. We need to do a voicemail episode again here soon because we're getting some that were sent to you. All right. Specifically. Um, or I think and so because be we've aired? gotten some. I haven't listened to them. I haven't listened to them. Oh. Uh, well, how do you know they're to me? Well, I'm making assumptions because <laughs> when I said send stuff to David, we got a whole you bunch bastard. of influence. <laughs> are, are you 2109? <laughs> uh, uh, so I was testing you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a friend. Tell enemy, tell a coworker, tell everyone. Hopefully they will listen. And also, while they're listening, tell them to listen to Blurry Photos. What's going on on that joint? Hey, Miss Cryptid uh, Contest is about to start up, or maybe has started up. It's May, May's Miss Cryptid uh, Contest. Nice. And this year is going to be the Contest of Champions. It's the ninth year, uh, actually the tenth year of the, the contest, because we have nine contestants, nine winners that are all going head-to-head -to, -head to see who's the ultimate Miss Cryptid, 
um, winner. So going to hear about Bat Squatch, Jeff the Talking Mongoose, (laughs) Hoover the Talking Seal, uh, Drop Bears. There's all kinds of uh, the Beast of Jevudan. Like they're all going to go head to head. Um, So anyways, yeah, it's it's a fun time. You can actually- you should feel yeah, my you nipples can, right now. You can cast a vote on who you want to win each week and then cast a vote for who the ultimate one will be. And your name gets entered into a drawing to get a pretty sweet prize pack that I put together. Nice. Usually I throw in like a Lego minifig. Um, there's a, a paranormal themed candy, like little black dog licorices, um, <laughs> gold, gold coins. Um, from El Dorado, you know, things like nice. that. And yeah. um, books, movies, uh, posters, T-shirt, you know, things like that. And your very own Golden Goatman trophy. Hell uh, so yes. That's what's going on. Oh, and also one more thing. Uh, so I, I narrated The Living Among Bigfoot mm-hmm. uh, Collector's Edition yeah. from uh, by, by Tom Lyons. That's on Audible if you guys want to check that out. I uh, I just uh, uh, got the call to do another uh, series by Tom Lyons. So very cool. Uh, Look at you. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be another uh, a Bigfoot encounter type uh, book series. He's and found me again, and he that. looks horny this time. <laughs> <laughs> How can you yeah, tell? So that's what's the going musk. On, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Super that's awesome, musky. man. You've got a lot more going on than me. I actually work on a lot of other shows. Then they're not for me. They go to other people. I've spent my whole day today working on other people's shows, and then I go, enjoy it. I'm not a part of it. So, yeah. <laughs> that has you been know, our that's... thoughts on life, liberty, and the pursuit of tachyons. Ha. <laughs> With that said, I've been like Brent. Tachyons. I've been David. <laughs> He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.